Morning, it's good to see you all this morning. If you would please take your Bibles and be finding Numbers chapter 20. And then I would like to read you something that I, I studied years ago, but I just uh, was listening to the news last night. It says, the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. And here's how it happened. The rapid increase of divorce, the undermining of the dignity and sanctity of the home, which is a basis of human society, number one. Number two is higher and higher taxes, spending of public monies for free bread for the populace. Number three, the mass craze for pleasure, sports, becoming every year more more exciting and more brutal. Number five, building of gigantic armaments when the real enemy was within the people. Number five, the decay of religion, faith fading into mere form, losing touch with life and becoming impatient, impotent, warm, and, and guide the people. Now, when you think about those things as a fall of the Roman Empire, it looks like America today to me. And it sounds like it as you listen to the news. I was reading and studying wrong, uh, numbers, and uh, I don't know how many times I've read the story, but it's, uh, I would like to read it again to you in Numbers chapter 20. And I'd like to begin in verse 1 and just read a little while with you. Numbers chapter 20, verse 1. Then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, into the desert of Zin in the first month. And the people abode in Kadesh, and Miriam died there, and was buried there. And there was no water for the congregation. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people chowed with Moses, and spake, saying, would God that we had died when our brother died before the Lord? And why have you brought us, brought up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness, that we and our cattle should die there? And wherefore have you made us to come out, out of Egypt to bring us into this evil place? It is no more place of seed, or of figs, or of vines, or of pomegranates, neither is there any water to drink. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly under the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they fell upon their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. And it shall give thou forth water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. So thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, you people, you rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believe me not, to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, 
Therefore you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. This is the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel strove with the Lord, and he was sanctified in them. And Moses sent messengers from Kadesh unto the king of Edom, Thus saith thy brother Israel, Thou knowest all the travail that thou hast befallen us. Our fathers went down into Egypt, and we have dwelled in Egypt a long time. And the Egyptians vexed us and our fathers. And when we cried unto the Lord, he heard our voice and sent an angel, and has brought us forth out of Egypt. And behold, we are in Kadesh, a city, in the uttermost of thy border. Let us pass, I pray thee, through thy country. We will not pass through the fields or through the vineyards, neither will we drink of the water of the wells. We will go by the king's highway. We will not turn to the right hand or to the left, until we have passed thy borders. And Edom said unto him, Thou shalt not pass by me, lest I come out against thee with a sword. And the children of Israel said unto him, We will go by the highway, and if I and my cattle drink of thy water, then I will pay for it. I will only, without doing anything else, go through on my feet. And he said, Thou shalt not go through. And Edom came out against him, and much people with a strong hand. Thus Edom refused to give Israel passage through his border. Wherefore Israel turned away from him. And the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, journeyed from Kadesh and came into Mount Hor. I would like to listen to the rest of it. it. Ain't that much because it had a lot to do with what I fix to say. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron in Mount Hor, by the coast of the land of Edom, saying, Aaron shall be gathered unto his people, for he shall not enter into the land which I have given unto the children of Israel, because he rebelled against my word at the order of Meribah. Take Aaron and Eliezer his son, and bring them up unto Mount Hor. And strip Aaron of his garments, and put them upon Eliezer, his son. And Aaron shall be gathered unto his people, and shall die there. And Moses did as the Lord commanded. And they went up into Mount Hor, in the sight of all the congregation. And Moses stripped Aaron of his garments, and put them upon Eliezer, his son. And Aaron died there in the top of the mount. And Moses and Eliezer came down from the mount. And when all the congregation saw that Aaron was dead, they mourned for Aaron thirty days, even all the house of Israel. Father, I pray now for the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to see this great lesson that you've laid on our heart here, Lord, for your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I was reading this all over again and studying uh, chapter uh, 20 here in Numbers, verse 1 the children of Israel are back at Kadesh. Now, not one step closer to the promised land than they had been almost 40 years earlier. The question is, why? Because they had not obeyed the call of God to go over Jordan the first time, some 40 years earlier. Now, this is a perfect example of the people of God today. If God calls a person to serve him in a certain way, and that person rebels against that call, then that person will wander aimlessly until you return to what 
and where God called you. Sometimes churches as a whole will not move on to serve the Lord in some specific area and they accomplish nothing spiritually for the Lord until they come back to do what God called them to do in the first place. Thirdly, the first time God called them to go over Jordan, it was a simple matter of marching straight ahead. Now, although they have come back, it's not that easy to do what God called you to do 40 years later. In verses 14 through 18, they have to contend with the Edomites. It's so much easier to obey the Lord the first time. The position of God is the same. But after 40 years, you're not the same. Amen? God don't change. God don't move. But after 40 years later, as God wanted you to do something 40 years ago, now you're different. Now notice verse 1 again. And Miriam died there and was buried there. Here's a very short epitaph for one of such stature of Israel as was Miriam. She was a very important person to Israel. Nothing formally said over her except she died and was buried. She had played an important role in Israel's history and wished to have done more. She was the sister of the two most important people in Israel at the time, Moses and Aaron. Why did she die here? Because of her rebellion. You have to go back to chapter 12. Now, it's if the same reason why Moses and Aaron died, because they entered into Canaan, before they entered it. Canaan is a type of the Christian rest in Christ. Now, Canaan is not heaven. A lot of people say Canaan is a type of heaven. No. There's no wars in heaven. There's no dying in heaven. So it's not a type of heaven. It's a type of rest. It's a type of place that you come in obedience to God and you're in perfect rest with the Lord. That's what it's about. And so you cannot rest in Christ and rebel against Him. There's no rest there. If you rebel against the Lord, you can't. You don't have no spiritual rest. Look at verse 2 with me now of chapter 20. And there was no water for the congregation, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. Notice, if you would please, there was no water for the congregation. First of all, of all gifts from God that are necessary, water is in a desert place was one of the most necessary. Just as these people suffered by the observance of water, even so... The child of God stares spiritually dead in the face when they're absent of the water of life, the Lord Jesus Christ, and from His Word. Now, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can't do without. Amen? It's just that simple. These people should have trusted the one who was that spiritual rock who had gone with them, given them both water and shade. Now, the strange thing here. A child of God fails again and again when he is tempted in the world as if our experiences meant nothing and our wonders. I thank God for the experiences of life. I was sitting last night thinking about my birthday coming up Monday and here I am 87 years old and 
and uh, the things going all the way back when I was on the farm and, and coming up as a little boy and all the experiences of life and going through them and some of them, man, I, I went through some hard times and, and times that, uh, you know, I didn't feel so good at the time that I was going through them. But now I look back on them. You know what? I appreciate every one of them. God taught me something. Now, verse 7. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, God's grace, even though the mur- they murmured as before, yet they gave them what God gave them water. God is long suffering. God is patient with us, even though we're unreasonable and in, uh, and sometimes just impatient. Sometimes. Now, verse ten, if you would please, verse ten. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, Here now, you rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? I got news for you, Moses. You didn't fetch water out of the rock. God did. Now, notice it, please. The Lord was angry with Moses and showed it here. God will overlook a lot of things, but he will not overlook uh, someone taking the glory of doing his work. Now, Moses made a mistake because he lost his temper. He took the murmurs of the people against himself. I, I never will forget a preacher told me one time, he said, Now, preacher, uh, learn something quick in the ministry. When somebody comes up and says something about your preaching and uh, makes fun of you or makes fun of or how you talk and how you preach in the Word of God and wants to change the Word of God and everything, you remember something. They're not talking about you. They're talking about God. Because if you're tr- if you're truly trying to preach the Word of God, if you're doing your best to serve the Lord and preach the Word of God, they're talking about Him, not you. So don't take it personal. Just keep going. And God will bless you. It's the same today. Some people want to take the glory away from God uh, when someone is healed or God gives a blessing man is only the instrument in God's hands Moses sinned when he smote the rock twice for the simple reason that Jesus Christ was crucified once and that's what it represented and when he smote the rock twice he showed rebellion now we're not saved by works we're saved by grace. Now I want you to watch this. Moses tried to say uh, that he, because of him, it was because of him that the rock gave water. No, it's not. Jesus was crucified once for all sin. A saved person only has to ask for forgiveness once. Amen. Now I want you to watch something because this story is very important. It has to do with us today. Notice verse 8. Now back up to verse 8. Take thy rod, gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak unto the rock before his eyes. And it shall give forth water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. Now notice again, uh, Aaron is entering the promised land, Moses and Aaron, neither one of them entered because they never satisfied God in obeying His command before the people. Neither can any man enter into God's rest, which Canaan represents, except through the, 
the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this. Matthew 17, verse 5. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. Then in 2 Peter 1, verse 17 says the same thing. Jesus is the only one that gets the glory it, it should be given to him. Moses and Aaron sinned because of a lack of faith. God don't beat around the bush. He gets right to the point of the heart of the matter. In verse 12, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believe me not, to sanctify man the eyes of the children, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation. Notice he talking both Moses and Aaron. He said, because you rebelled against me and didn't do what I told you to do, neither one of you can go. Now look at verse 24. Aaron shall be gathered unto his people, and he shall not enter the land which I have given unto the children of Israel, because you rebelled against my word at the water of Meribah. Now every child of God desires to be like John 17 verse 4. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou hast given me to do. That's what Jesus said. Do you know one thing I won't say about me if the Lord's willing when I die, I finish what God wants me to do. Amen. I've done the best I can do. I want to finish the work he's given me to do. I'd rather have that said about me than anything you can say about somebody. And every child of God ought to have that desire. Now, uh, again, look at verse 28 of Numbers 20. And Moses stripped Aaron of his garments and put them upon Eleazar his son. And Aaron died there in the top of the mount, and Moses and Eleazar came down from the mount. Now I want you to watch something, because this is very important. Here's the death of Aaron. Here's a picture of God's mercy and judgment. This chapter begins with the death of Merah and ends with the death of Aaron. First, the judgment side of the death of Aaron. Aaron's death was chastisement, occurred according to verse 24. All Aaron's death, uh, number two, was chastisement for sin. Now, his death was a deprivation. Look at verse 26. And strip Aaron of his garments, and put them upon Eliezer his son. And Aaron should be gathered unto his people, and shall die there. Now his garments were taken off because of his priesthood was taken away. Now again, if you read Hebrews 7 and 2 Peter chapter 1, or the, the, one of these days, we're going to leave these old bodies behind. Amen? Now watch this. His death was a separation. Verse 28. And Moses stripped Aaron of his garments and put them upon Eliezer his son, and he died there. Then his death was a grief to many. Look at verse 29. When all the congregation saw that Aaron was dead, they mourned for Aaron thirty days, even all the house of Israel. Now, the death of Aaron was, the, let's look at the mercy side of it. His death was a calm departure, not a sudden judgment. Aaron was not cut off from, but gathered unto his people. Look at verse 26. And, Aaron, and, and stripped Aaron of his garments, and put them upon Eliezer his son. And Aaron should be gathered 
unto his people and shall die there. Amen. Here's what I know the Bible teaches. When I die, I'm going to be gathered into my people. Amen. I'm not going to be sent to hell or go someplace and be annihilated from God. I'm going to be gathered to God's people. And that's what I'm looking for. Now notice something else. His death will release from the toils of life in the wilderness the fighting against sinners. And his death was a gentle dismission from the responsibilities of his office. His death was a transfer of his duties and honors to a beloved son, Eliezer. And his death was a promotion from Mount of Communication to the heavenly Mount Zion. Everything about this is a wonderful picture of you and I serving the Lord. Great as Aaron's privilege had been, and great as his power had been to stand between the living and the dead, and that's what a priest represented. He's standing between holy God and sinful man. Now watch this. The difference between him and his brother was only his office, not his nature. He was a sinful man just like anybody else. I know one of the hardest things that any preacher better deal with is people lifting you up to a certain standard. And they get their eyes on you as a pastor and think you don't make mistakes and think you're a man of God and you ought not talk like that and you ought not do like that and everything else in the world. But you've got to remember something. Every human being is just another human being. But let me give you something else. You ought to respect a, a pastor's office no matter what. David said, and he meant it, God said it through him, he said, touch not my anointed. Now, that's just as simple. You know what he's talking about? He's not talking about the man. He's talking about the office. It's the respect to the office. And all down through the years, I have done my best to respect the office of a preacher and a pastor. But I also know this. They're just like you and I. They're human beings. Now, Notice, if you would please, the people had to be impressed with the fact Aaron was not only a great chosen mediator, but he was a sinful brother also. That's why he was stripped in public. His sin in Meribah could not be overlooked by God. And I got news for you too. You might be a preacher. You might be a deacon. You might hold some office in the church or whatever. But God will not overlook your sin just because of the position that you hold. It's not the priest who dies here, but it's a sinful man. There's nothing Aaron did that Ella Eater, his son, could not do as well. So he passed it on. There in the sight of all the people, it was shown that though they had lost the man, not for one moment had they lost the priesthood. When Aaron... While Aaron is still alive, before death can stain those rich and holy garments with its uh, hated touch, they're taken from the Father and assumed by the Son. Amen. And so when you when you read these kind of stories, there's so many truths in it. Amen. And I love to read them. And it's, it's, it's not to just back then or a hundred years ago. It's today. It's to you and I today. All the Word of God is up to date. And it fits us today as we live. 
the Christian life. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you will help us to let the Holy Spirit deal with us every day, Lord, and bless us as we go through this world. Keep us straight. In Jesus' name we pray. Bless the coming hour. We're looking forward to the day and the blessings you're going to give us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much.